Hey, hey, Friday night, it's another one, and that means you are with us for the next 30 minutes. Strap in and learn something. This is the Disability Law Show. So good to have you along for the uh, the remainder, at least uh, the 30 minutes anyway of the show. You want to reach out to either Savannah Tamarkin or Albert Klein, you can do so. Here is the number right off the top, one 821 5900 The fellows are always uh, willing to have a nice, uh, lengthy, private conversation with you. they got a great team behind them as well to, uh, to back them up if you want to reach out for other contact. You can always send an email anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll try to get to some of those uh, this evening on the show. And there's also a great little website. Got full of notations, memos on LTD, super easy to use. Drop-down menus written in simple English. There's no legalese there called ltdfaq.ca. Again, free and anonymous. I know Savannah will probably make mention of that a little later on in the uh, in the half hour. But, guys, we're going to get into some questions, some emails. But I, I know, Savannah, you always like to start off with uh, a matter you've been working on, pal. What do you got? Hey, John. Great to be with you. Let me start off by telling you about an interesting call I had earlier this week, and it actually follows a bunch of other calls I had in the last few weeks with individuals who are professionals. So we're talking about accountants, doctors, engineers, lawyers, etc. And many of these individuals, when we're dealing with long-term disability policies, they tend to get their own private policies. They procure their own policies. Most people out there do have long-term disability coverage through their health benefits at work. And so when they get into any issues with the insurance company and they call us, we typically see the same types of policies. And the same types of policies, generally speaking, entitle you to long-term disability if you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation for the first two years of being on LTD. Beyond that two-year mark, the test changes. At that point, you only get LTD payments if you cannot perform the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. But for many private policies, many professionals out there, they end up buying a rider, an own occupation rider, which basically means that you don't have that change of definition at the two-year mark. So earlier this week, I got a call from this gentleman. He's an accountant, a senior accountant, and he has to take time off. Uh, actually, he took time off as a result of mental health issues. And the insurance company then said to him that they're going to be cutting him off at that two-year mark because they think that he can do some other type of work. And a week and a half ago, I spoke with an emergency room doctor that had something similar as well, where insurance companies' adjusters were simply misreading the policy uh, and applied that change of definition. They basically said, look, we think you can do some other type of work where you can earn commensurate income which is usually about 60, 65% of your predisability income. And so therefore, we're going to end your long-term disability benefits, where in fact, in those specific situations, those private policies had that own occupation rider, which means those individuals should be continuing to get long-term disability payments so long as they cannot perform the essential tasks of their own occupation. And that goes to, that goes to age 65. And so what I want to tell people here, and this is the lesson, is whether you're dealing with a professional policy, which we deal with a lot, we help a lot of lawyers, doctors, engineers, accountants, etc., deal with long-term disability policies, we also obviously help a lot of other types of indig- uh, individuals, whether you know, you're a dental hygienist, or whether you're a machinist, or whether you work in an office, doesn't matter. If you are told that your long-term disability benefits are going to be cut off for any reason, any reason whatsoever, do not simply accept that denial, do not accept that position from the insurance company. This is when you give us a call or you email us, get in touch with us because we can review the denial letter or the letter or whatever correspondence you get from the insurance company. We can speak with you about your specific situation by phone and within a few minutes on the phone for free, we will tell you if in fact the insurance company is correct or not. And that's the key thing here, John. Most people just simply don't know if the insurance company's position is correct. Is it legal for the long-term disability insurance company to cut off your benefits on a given date? You may not know that. You're not in the industry. 
We know that because we've been doing this and are doing this each and every day across the country, across Canada. So please give us a call if that happens to you. But John, this is something I've seen and, and it's just interesting that I've seen it now happen in the last few weeks with professionals specifically where adjusters have misread the policy uh, and you know it simply takes our involvement uh, really quickly to resolve these kinds of issues. And that's the other thing I wanna to mention to people. Oftentimes when we get involved, we resolve long-term disability claims fairly quickly. I'm not telling you it's gonna get resolved tomorrow, you know, it varies on the case, it depends on the situation, but it's not going to take years and years and years to resolve. When we get involved, we resolve it fairly quickly. It can be within a matter of weeks, months, generally less than a year. It depends on the case, but the consultation is always free. Again, guys, the number one 821 5900 reaching out to Zavan or Albert or their respective teams, easily done that way. Don't hesitate ever to, uh, to make that call. Albert, what do you got going on, pal? Great. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, so I spoke with someone who will call Alice for the purposes of keeping some anonymity here. And she was denied disability benefits about a year ago. And the insurance company kept asking Alice for more information, a lot of which Alice had already provided. And this went on for months and months and months. And Alice hadn't been paid in over a year. So I get a call about three or four months ago and the insurance company had arranged for an independent medical examination of Alice. Alice was calling us to find out how she can prepare for it and what she should ultimately do. I actually told Alice she should not attend and that we should simply commence a legal claim. And the point is this, Alice believed that, and rightfully so, I mean, this is what insurance companies sort of lead you to believe that after this independent medical examination, that she would then be approved. So she didn't want to start a legal claim. She wanted to go ahead with this independent medical examination, but you have to think who are these insurance companies hiring? Typically speaking, when we see, who, who ends up being the independent medical examiner on the other side of things. It's always the same short list of people. And these are doctors, which often are hired specifically to become medical examiners. And they work for all of the different insurance companies. And the reason that they keep getting hired often is because they produce the results that the insurance companies want, which is ultimately to say or suggest that that person is capable of working. Because if they, if they do that, then the insurance company doesn't need to pay them. And the point is this, when you are cut off of benefits, your obligations under the policy no longer exist. If the insurance company is not gonna uphold their end of the bargain or their contractual obligations to pay you in the event that you are disabled or you cannot work, why should you? And so we see this all the time and absolutely any time that you are told that you are going to be cut off of benefits, you need to contact a lawyer immediately. There's no reason for you to start providing more and more and more information only to have the insurance company be able to dot their I's and cross their T's. And that's what they want. They want to legitimize their decision. They, they, they use these doctors all the time because they know they're going to help bolster their decision. They know that these doctors are going to support their case, not yours. That's why they pay them. So give us a call right away. Anytime that you, t you get told that you're going to be denied or cut off of benefits. Savan, anything to add here? Nope, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, insurance companies just try anything under the sun to stop paying people long-term disability when they actually deserve it and are entitled to it under the policy. So I agree with you. Listen, it doesn't cost anything to speak with any of us. There are other law firms out there. There are the lawyers out there, but you got to make sure you choose the right person and the right firm. We're never going to pressure you to do something you don't want to do. As long as you are uh, informed of your options, as long as you understand what the menu of options are uh, and, and, and what the insurance company is allowed and not allowed to do, then we've done our job. Guys, again, that number I'm going to give it to you and keep giving it to you for the rest of the show, one 821 
5900 is how you reach out and help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to some emails uh, pretty quickly. Got a couple questions off the off the top, though, guys. Number one, uh, when LTD claims are declined because they say the claimant has applied late, quotation signs here, late, what does that mean? And can you challenge these kinds of denials or the claimants that are late apply for LTD just out of luck? Too bad, so sad. What do you say? John, this is something that we see quite often, um, unfortunately, and what I call these kinds of denials, I call them technical denials, because really the insurance company is not making a judgment call, an evaluation of the documentation you've given them. In other words, they're not assessing whether or not you qualify for long-term disability under the policy by looking at your medical documents. They're simply looking at, have you applied in time? And I can tell you that we've had cases in the past where people have applied for various reasons late. Maybe it was a week late, maybe it was a month late. One of our lawyers, one of our partners in British Columbia actually uh, was successful in resolving a claim, a very large claim with an, a long-term disability insurer uh, th that, was, that was started actually several years late. Again, it depends on the facts of the case. It depends on you know the, the injuries or the illness of the individual. What, what is the reason here? But I can tell you that by being late a few days, a few weeks, even a few months, courts have bent over backwards and have questioned insurance companies and said, listen, okay, the claimant maybe was late in submitting the application, but really what's the prejudice to you, insurance company? How does that change anything You know mm -hmm. that, that they've applied a week late or a month late? And so we can get around those kinds of issues. So if you've applied late, as long as there is some kind of a reason, give us a call. It doesn't cost anything to get that advice from us, to have us take a look at everything. And if we think that it's unjustifiable and the insurance company is correct, we will tell you that. But if we think that you have a case and the insurance company ought to be paying you your long-term disability benefits, then we're going to explain to you what your options are and how we can force them to pay you what you're owed. Want to get into the conversation of total disability after the break. That's always a head-scratcher for most people uh, until they get educated on the show, right? So we'll go down that road in just a moment. But in the meantime, to reach out as we get into a short break for Savannah or Albert or their teams, toll-free, of course, 1-855-821-5900. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. And for any help across the country, you want to see the uh, the TV show and more radio shows outside of Quebec, right across uh, this entire country of ours, disabilityrights.ca. And you can get taken care of there as well. We'll continue more of the disability law show is on the way hang on welcome back disability law show before you head off in your weekend stick around for the remainder and i'm going to give you a number here to reach out if something piques your interest or you want to have a conversation with either savannah or albert outside of this uh, half hour of radio it's toll free obviously 1-855-821-5900 email help at disabilityrights.ca and a website built for you to ask questions absolutely anonymously all about ltd and injuries mydisabilityquestions.com that's a searchable website by the way which means your your question is probably archived somewhere by someone else you can search and look for it save some time if not leave it there and it will get answered again mydisabilityquestions.com uh steve coming on the show here guys has a quick email says uh, hey guys love the show i've been off on disability for over the two-year mark recently my case manager was terminated from their position and a replacement has taken over for about a month will my benefits automatically be cut off with a new person so far the insurer has made no attempt at contacting me pay is supposed to be this coming week but i'm thinking not what is the usual result when this happens thanks in advance steve what do so you think? steve thank you for email thank you for emailing in uh and to answer your question it's not uncommon that when a case manager switches usually the case the new case manager that is assigned to the file is looking at it with a new set of eyes and they've been asked to look at it with a new set of eyes. And often they're looking for that reason to deny you or to cut you off or to terminate your benefits. It doesn't always happen to be the case, but until a formal denial has been made, 
or until they actually fail to pay you, they haven't technically done anything wrong. So a lot will, a lot will uh, happen in the, in the coming week. And if they pay you, great. That means they haven't really done anything wrong. Of course, if there are any sort of red flags or anything that you notice that just doesn't seem right, give us a call. We're always happy to talk about it. But if they, if they don't pay you in this coming week, and that's when they usually pay you, that's when they're not upholding their end of the bargain. And you absolutely need to give us a call because they shouldn't be terminating you just because a case manager has, has, has a new take on your case. At the end of the day, if you can't work and you can't work in any job because you're now past that two-year mark and you have doctor support, you absolutely have a case and the insurance company should not be cutting you off. Savannah, what do you think, pal? Again, I agree with everything Albert says here, and I tend to, to tell people, look, it's a good thing to contact us. I'm really happy that this person emailed us uh, because people are anxious, understandably, and they're anxious because we keep telling them that insurance companies are doing things they're not supposed to do, but that's just the reality. But what this person has done, which many other people have done as well, uh, and and I, I applaud them for it. Is get this information ahead of time. Remember, John. One thing that you know. One thing that I always say is, don't be worried. Be prepared. You're going to be worried anyways. I mean, I'm telling you not to be worried. But the reality is, you can't tell somebody not to be worried. They're going to be worried. But what can alleviate the anxiety is having the knowledge to understand what your rights are. And we do this each and every week on this show. We do this on the TV shows. We do this on our website. We pump out this information to empower the public. And if you have any questions, you give us a call. If you have any concerns, you give us a call or you email us, whatever it is you want to do, and we will give you the information you need. Trust us. This is what we do. We only work on behalf of people. We do not work on behalf of insurance companies. And as Savant said, that'll give you that contact information again as we as we carry on with the show here. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred email that Steve used. You can use as well, of course. Help at disabilityrights.ca. I mentioned before the break, guys, the term total disability. Let's uh, let's have a little chat about that and what it means in the context of LTD claims. Uh, thoughts when someone calls you and says that they can't work, uh, they have a doctor's support to be off, but the insurer says, no, 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 that 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 may be all well and good, but you are not totally disabled therefore you're not entitled to benefits what do you think about that makes people freak out right it does it makes people freak out and john i, I don't typically read fiction but the one fiction <laughs> i keep reading all the time is this <laughs> phrase total disability because insurance companies have created this fiction remember this is a term that is in virtually every long-term disability policy out there and that what they're trying to do is project to you that don't even bother applying for long-term disability unless you are totally disabled. And when you see the word total, when you, when you hear it, when your doctor hears it, you think to yourself, my God, it means complete, right? I mean, use any uh, synonym that you can think of. It means 100%. You're catatonic. You're in bed all the time. No, that's not what total disability means. It has a completely different meaning, a defined meaning under a long-term disability policy. And the meaning is, can you perform the essential tasks of your own occupation? If you're suffering from depression or from anxiety, or John, let's just take an extreme example. You are a concert violinist and you've injured your pinky finger and because of that, you cannot play the violin for a certain period of time. You are totally disabled for the purposes of this long-term disability policy because you cannot perform the essential tasks of your occupation. So you need to understand, you know, I've seen situations where somebody is suffering from severe depression, anxiety, PTSD, and I'm using psychological terms here, but it can be chronic pain, it can be MS, it can be anything of the sort. 
And you can do things around the house. Perhaps you can even go to the gym on your doctor's instructions to try and get better. And yet you're unable to go to the office, for example, and sit at your desk for eight hours a day and do the work you're supposed to do. Well, guess what? Under your policy, you would likely be considered to be totally disabled because that word total is misleading the way that we lay people are thinking about it. We have to look at it in the context of the policy. And I see many doctors, I'm sure Albert has as well. In fact, we have doctors, psychologists, all these types of practitioners calling us, trying to get clarification on what does that mean, total disability. I've had people calling me and saying, you know, my family doctor, I can't work for this reason or that. But my family doctor says, don't bother applying for long-term disability because you are not totally disabled. And and I explain to them, no, your doctor, you know, should stick to what he or she knows best, which is dealing on the medical side of things, not the legal side of things. So you have to understand that total disability does not mean that you are catatonic or that you have severed all your limbs or that somehow you are confined to your bed. It does not mean that. It simply means that you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation for the first two years. Beyond the two-year mark, can you perform the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for? Give us a call if you have any questions about that. We can also talk to you about your specific case. And certainly, if you're denied for that reason, I can tell you more often than not, we tell people you have a case. The insurance company must pay you. All right, let's move on to another email, guys. Larry, this time, says, I've been on LTD since July 1st for major depression and anxiety with an attempt to suicide. I've been on work accommodations since 1996 for my back issues. Sitting and standing would aggravate my back issues, causing me to go on short-term disability multiple times over the past years with the same insurance company that is granting me long-term for my depression. Can I use my back issues in my long-term claim at the two-year mark? Larry, thank you for emailing in, and I'm sorry that things have been so tough. Uh, I, to, in, in short, definitely you can use your back issues to support your long-term claim at the two-year mark. You can also use it to support your claim generally. Uh, and frankly, it's something that I recommend. It's much more expensive for insurance companies anytime you're dealing with multiple issues which are contributing to your disability, because now they have to assess you from both a physical standpoint and a psychological standpoint. And the more expensive it becomes for the insurance company, the less likely they are going to want to fight it. So in trying to assess you, they now have to assess you from a physical and psychological standpoint, which means potentially sending you to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and potentially some orthopedic specialist or physiatrist. So generally speaking, you absolutely should be utilizing your, your back issues that you're un unfortunately experiencing to support your claim. And in, in terms of actually using, using your back issues, what that means is you should be going out and getting treatment for all your different back issues. You should be seeing specialists who can actually deal with back issues so that when, when push comes to shove or when you need to, you're going to be able to rely on those doctors to actually support your claim and write written endorsements effectively stating that from a functional perspective, your back issues are contributing to your inability to work. And that's very, very important. So you can get ahead of the eight ball right now by ensuring that you are getting sufficient treatment from a back issue perspective. Savannah, what do you think, Paul? I, you know, I, I will tell you this, John, that uh, many times insurance companies don't view a person holistically. And uh, many doctors are very good at doing that. Now, remember, as Albert says, you know, you may have a specialist for your back. You may have a psychologist, psychiatrist. You may have different people treating you for different things. But it's really important to look at the person holistically as a whole, because guess what? The physical is going to impact the psychological and vice versa. 
I see this a lot with chronic uh, uh, pain cases or fibromyalgia, those kinds of, of situations. But really, in any scenario where you're suffering from an injury or an illness, you will have both components. And there's nothing wrong with presenting all of these issues as barriers to being able to work. Everything comes down to uh, providing the medical documentation that uh, you can provide to the insurance company to assist the insurer in making the correct decision. Some of these insurers may not want to make the correct decision because it means them having to fork out money that is owed to you, but some of them will do the right thing. And so 100% I agree with Albert here. You can use your backushes here, especially if they are contributing to your inability to work. Uh, and John, the other thing is uh, that Larry had mentioned here, He's talking about an attempted suicide, and unfortunately, over COVID, over the last few years, we've seen more and more people contacting us for this reason or not, uh, but they've mentioned uh, attempts uh, of suicide or thoughts of suicide, which we take extremely seriously. And I think insurance companies, again, not all of them, but some of them, some adjusters just don't understand the severity of, of the issues that these individuals are dealing with. I mean, for somebody to contemplate suicide, just think what they have to go through. So it's really, really important that not only this person has the medical support that they need to assist them in a recovery, it's important that they have the right legal help and the protection that they need against insurance companies who abuse that information and actually re-victimize these people by cutting them off or denying them unjustly. And this is, again, why we're here. So I'm really happy that Larry has written in, and I encourage many others. And if you're, as a listener, are not dealing with this, you may you know, know someone who may need help with a long-term disability claim or just generally with these kinds of legal issues, we are here for all of you. We will provide any information that is asked of us. I want to get Rita in here quickly before we uh, we finish off for the uh, for the day. Uh, it says, I've been on LTD since March 20. My LTD uh, said I need to go back to work right now, but without accommodation. How do I get accommodation for gradual return over time? Who decides that? That is insane. I, I, I can't even imagine an insurance company saying uh, you have to go back to work and without accommodation. First of all, the insurance company has no right to say that. Number two, that's number one. Number two, uh, in terms of answering Rita's question, you get the accommodations by speaking with your doctor first and foremost. You have to make sure that you feel ready to go back to work with accommodations on a gradual return to work. That means maybe modified hours, modified duties, or both. You need to speak with whoever's treating you, whether it's a family doctor, a specialist, whoever it is, to make sure you guys are on the same page. If your treating doctors are against you starting to go back to work at this point in time, listen to your doctors. If you don't, you're doing it at your own peril. Mm-hmm. Now, for the insurance company here to say what they're saying, I'll be honest with you, John, if I'm seeing something like this and the person tried to go back to work and they failed and their situation got worse, I think there's a case there for punitive damages against the insurance company for pressuring this person to go back to work without taking all of the precautions and and having all of the safety guards this person needs to make their return to work successful. Not only that, but if when when people typically fail these kinds of of, of return to work uh, efforts, typically that makes their conditions worse. That's what I have seen. And so you have to be very careful because, you know, for insurance companies as well, it's to their benefit to make sure that the person is accommodated, right? And that everything is done on the up and up with the advice and the the care of whoever's treating them because you want to make sure the person is successful in their return to work. Yeah. So, so to read this question here, you get those accommodations by speaking with your doctors, by speaking with the employer, by coordinating this with everyone. And if you have any concerns whatsoever at any point in time as to whether or not the insurance company is correct in how it's treating you, 
you give us a call and then we will help you step by step depending on your specific situation guys that is just about it for another friday really appreciate you tuning in if you send us an email uh, thank you uh, again as well you can reach out now that we are done no problem anytime for savannah or albert the phone number as always 1-855-821-5900 email that we use help at disabilityrights.ca and any other questions can be asked freely and anonymously at this website mydisabilityquestions.com we'll catch you next time this weekend as a matter of fact right here on the disability law show